Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steffi. I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast, Tom Caker of Hawkeye Report, this time on the On3 Sports Network. Tom, thanks for joining me. It's always good to be on with you. So it's a big day on Saturday. We finally get a chance, aside from the 30 minutes while most of the media was in Dallas, our final four, finally get a chance to actually see some spring football this weekend. Yeah, it's it's always weird when you have like long runs for for teams in the uh in the tournament or things like that that are going on on other things that might be going on, you know, maybe a coaching search or something and uh you end up with uh football kind of slides off to the side a little bit. Um and, and it's kind of done that this year. It's just been a, a strange spring, but uh, I'm excited to get a look at the, at the football team because we only got that one little window that was like 25, 30 minutes, and uh, that's certainly not enough to whet the, the appetite that uh, Iowa fans have to know about this football team. Oh, yeah. There's only so much you can learn in 25 minutes there, and we haven't really had a chance to talk to coaches yet either this spring, so that also... Yeah kind of limits how much we're hearing. We're just hearing from players who, of course, are being careful to not reveal too much and get themselves into trouble. So you look at it that way, this is really going to be the big learning opportunity for everyone, us included. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, this spring it's been, uh, the, look, we did get into practice. There were a lot of walking wounded. I think some of those guys are back uh, on the field and especially along the offensive line. And, uh, it sounds like the line's coming along, and uh, if the if the line can come along and improve, that whole offense improves. And I've you know heard a lot of really good things about uh, the new quarterback, Cade McNamara, and, and what uh, what he's able to do uh, on the field as well. I think really, if you were to rank my like number one, two, and three things, I'm gonna be looking at on Saturday. One, two, and three are probably all the offensive line. Just because if you get these guys to take that next jump, who were kind of thrown into the fire last year, it could be a really good group. But you haven't seen reason to say it's really good yet based on results that weren't so great last year. Yeah, um, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a, a different group. You know, it's just uh, um, because they've they, they, they've got a lot to prove um, just because they were uh, they did struggle last year. They really they had a tough time um, protecting the quarterback. They had a tough time run blocking. And when you're averaging under 100 yards a game uh, rushing, that's not good. And so they've got to they've got to amp things up, you know, talking to Logan Jones. Um, he seems very positive. He, he acknowledged that he was late on some of his snaps and getting the ball back there. And we, we could see that last year. And it was just a young guy made the transition over to center. He's um, inexperienced at that position. And he just, you know, was, was trying to assess, making line calls and, and where guys were supposed to be and getting the snap back on time and everything. And it was, I think 
you know, he basically admitted it overwhelmed him at times. So now he's, uh, I think, a little more comfortable. He told me um, James Ferentz helped him out uh, this winter uh, when he was back home. So I think they've, they've gotten uh, better. Uh, they've improved. Uh, another guy to watch, I think, is um, Jennings Dunker, uh, who might be your right tackle this weekend. Uh, they're really, really high on his potential. You know, he's one of those guys that's kind of um, what I would call like country strong guy. That's just, you know, Kurt, when, you remember when Kirk talked about him last year, it was just, he had been hurt that red shirt year. So playing last year was, you know, just throwing him off the, off the diving board into the deep end and see if he can swim. And uh, he had some ups and downs, but I, I think him, Bo Stevens, um, you know, you've got uh, Colby at left guard, Mason Richmond. Uh, when we got our look into practice, he was still not out there. And I assume he's out there now uh, coming back from a little knee issue. Um, and then they've got uh, Rusty Feth coming in. Uh, heard he visited, uh, came in for watching practice and stuff. Uh, he's still finishing up his, his uh, work, but uh, heard that they're really impressed with with kind of his knowledge, and he'll come in knowing the expectations because he's played for George Barnett before, so uh, he kind of knows what it's like and, and what the expectations are for for uh, from Coach Barnett. So um, I look, you know, I'm going to be skeptical. You got to see what see it happen, but I, you know, I I. I it's just my nature to kind of be a little more positive about things. So I, I kind of think this group's going to turn the corner a little bit. And most importantly with Jennings Dunker, the 2022 Solon Beef Days Hay Bale Toss champion. <laughs> most importantly, more than anything else there, you know. Yes. And he's like the protein shake guy. The guy yeah. who has like more protein than I thought was like physically – humanly safe to have even so yeah I, I i think some of his teammates are skeptical of that uh, of that uh thing that he's doing with the protein shakes or, or that that's actually happening I, I think jennings might be pulling our leg a little bit that would make a little bit of sense there based on some of those numbers like okay how much or how quickly does four become six as but anyways i think that'll be interesting as well you mentioned quarterback having Cade McNamara able to do stuff in spring is I think an encouraging sign because it's easy to forget that he's just coming off that. I think his knee surgery, not that long ago back in the fall. So just the fact that he's been able to do stuff this spring, I think is certainly a step in the right direction. Yeah, I do too. Um, I, I think, um, the, the things that I've heard out of camp are really, really positive about Cade. Um, and just, and that's in talking to some of the guys and just talking to some people who've been at practice. Uh, just the, the vibe from him is really good. Um, that that uh, he's the unquestioned kind of leader of the offense. He's endeared himself to both guys on both sides of the ball. Um, when, when you hear from, uh, players like Logan Lee and, and Cooper DeGene about how much they think of, of, uh, of Cade so far. I think that speaks well of him. It really does. 
that that he's um, you know a really good leader, uh, positive leader, and that he's gained the respect of those guys quickly. Uh, and I, I I'm anxious to see him out there uh, throwing the ball around. Um, and I'm not sure if you were there when Eric All was talking about him. Uh, who who knows him well from Michigan, yes. Michigan days and talking about how they they had their race to be in who would be in first at 4 a.m. you know and and Cade would get pissed when Eric would beat him there so uh, it it was uh, you know then he, Eric just kind of gave up because Cade was always going to try and be there before him and he's getting in the in the building at 4 a.m. to start working on stuff so that's just that's Cade's competitive spirit and um, he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And I know he's really excited about this opportunity and, uh, and the chance to potentially lead Iowa to some, some uh, special things this year. And I think a lot of what really stands out with his leadership from what we've been hearing is these little things like Deontay Vines talking about how, Kate has been really insistent on them all clapping to break huddles and yeah. kind of having that at the same time. And you actually look like a team, that kind of thing. I think a lot of those little small things that are easy to overlook. Those things can yeah. really add up. And I think that's why he's been able to, you know, be such a respected leader. Let's see, four and a half months, if I'm doing my math right, after yeah. he committed, almost exactly four and a half months. Yeah. And he is, um, he's just one, you know, just having spent a little bit of time around him. He's, he's just one of those guys that they gravitate towards. And, and let's be honest, um, this offense needed somebody to believe in it uh, because I didn't, I don't think they believed in themselves by the end of last year uh, very much. I mean, they were, they were scuffling and um, I think he's given them kind of a, a, a refresh a restart, a reboot, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and um, his belief in this group, and and that goes to the skill position guys, the offensive line, um, he believes in those guys. So I, I think he's going to um, be an, a really effective leader uh, for um, the Iowa offense. I think probably the other big question mark on the offensive side of the ball is me wide receiver. Obviously, you know, having the injuries that they've had, just the attrition that they've had, I think that's going to be a big question mark. Of course, the biggest question is something that's not going to get answered Saturday, which is, okay, can they get some help in the second portal window there? But I'll be interested to see a couple things. How much has Deontay Vines progressed? Really, last year was his first chance really in the spotlight. So I think that's me interesting. And do you see some progressions from some of these preferred walk-ons that have come in and who've had more opportunities than walk-ons would typically have just because of how thin the room has been? Yeah. And it got really thin um, very quickly even this spring when, you know, Bertie Breck steps away, uh, which wasn't a surprise. Um, You know, let's be honest. It was, he was borrowed time. Uh, as a wide receiver because of what he was doing on the baseball diamond. And no one's going to blame a kid that's thrown over hundred miles an hour for pursuing that dream. Cause uh, that's, you know, the proverbial million dollar arm. Uh, 
uh, at Banks Field, and he's pitching great. Uh, but it did hurt that Seth Anderson's been out, uh, you know, a little bit, and, and Jacob Bostic was in a boot, and he's not able to do things. So those were two guys I think I was looking forward to seeing uh, out on the on the field this spring and, and uh, seeing if they could, uh, you know, maybe pop a little bit. But it's been an opportunity. I know one of the names that got bounced around was Reese Osgood, um, you know, he's a, a young guy from from uh, Wisconsin that, uh, that has come along, and and I, I know that they've said some good things about him. Caden uh, Witchin, uh, who's from Williamsburg, uh, went to Iowa Western. That's another guy that uh, you know a little bit of buzz. We'll see what the um, Austin uh, Kutcher, the not Kutcher, but uh, <laughs> Kutcher, uh, the the kid from Ohio State, who's a you know a graduate transfer walk on. Um, you know, you've got, got some guys there. Alec Wick got his, his feet wet a little bit, uh, last year and, um, you know, kind of faded out of the rotation, but early in the year, he was playing uh, a good amount kid from Regina. So, uh, but they've got to hit the portal, just got to hit the portal and, uh, try and land a, a wide receiver this spring. Uh, some guy who's kind of done something can come in kind of ready-made. It doesn't have to be a star. Don't expect it to be a star, but somebody who can bounce in there and, and kind of um, get in there right away and, and, and help. Um, somebody's got to take the opportunity. You know, there's just, you, you, you know, these guys want, receivers want to catch the ball. I, I'll tell you what else will help Iowa too is having Eric all because that's, that's, you know, plug and play Sam Laporta level uh, player. I mean, he's a, he's a legit like second day NFL draft prospect as a healthy player. And he's got great chemistry with Cade McNamara and that shouldn't be um, understated. And, and, and Luke Lachey, the way he came on late last year, that's a pretty really good combo. And then you've got um, Estrenga coming along. You've got Steven Stilianos who's coming along. So the tight end room combined with what they've got at wide receiver, uh, I think can be pretty effective. The one thing I'll bring up about Austin Kutcher, I did hear good things from, I think it was Deontay Vines about him, yep. but as I was writing at some point about him, like at some point, I am, like, destined to accidentally say Ashton. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, in my brain so much where, like, <laughs> I, I started to type Ashton and it's like, wait, nope, Austin. So apologies to Austin if I end up saying Ashton by accident in a tweet. But you bring up a great point with the tight end room, especially with Eric Hall. And I've been impressed, too, with how well, you know, we talked about Cade, how well he – really he's blended in with this team. I think you can say the same thing about Eric Hall, who yeah. why hasn't he gotten an IHOP and IL deal yet is beyond <laughs> me. But yeah. somebody that's, you know, blended in with the community really well. When we got him and Luke Cliche, they looked like they've been friends for like years. Yeah. Um, granted, you know, they did know that cameras were there, but still like that chemistry really looked authentic and looked like they had known each other for more than a few months. 
So, uh, is, you know, what's really funny about that is that, that you know, Eric all coming from Michigan and Luke Lachey's family is all Ohio state. And you oh, would think yes. there would be like some animosity there just from their histories, but there's not, it's, you oh, know, no. uh, they're, they're both really cool guys and uh, good guys to be around. And, and, you know, Eric all story, if anybody saw those, the, the stories on him when he was at Michigan about, um, you know, being rescued as a child and, everything. I mean, just incredible story um, about that young man that uh, maybe Iowa fans don't, don't know yet, but certainly will get to, to know um, before the season starts. Yeah. He's really a hard guy not to like where I think he could become that kind of next fan favorite. He's a, he's um, just kind of, he's loose. Like Sam Laporta was loose. Um, you know, just, just maybe even around. more loose. Yeah. I think more, more loose. And, and, you know, um, I think Sam got frustrated sometimes last year with the uh, struggles of the offense and us asking him about the struggles of the offense. But right now, you know, when Sam was happy, happy, Sam, it was, Sam was pretty loose. Oh yeah. So I guess it's a tight end tradition. Almost. Yes. Yeah. We got to so. have a little tight end tradition. So it's, uh, it's gonna be fun. Um, yeah, seems Scott Kate's pretty honest, um, and he's pretty straightforward. Really like him, and uh, yeah, I like I like the group. I think you know one of the other interesting things that we're gonna try and figure out is who's the backup quarterback. Yeah, I think but, Joe Labus really is gonna yeah. be the incumbent. But if Deacon Hill starts to do things, you just never know. Yeah, you don't. Um, you don't know how close that race is going to be, but I know it's going to be a race. And, um, you know, does Spencer Petrus <laughs> end up back? I, You know, I don't think that's going to happen, but um, I don't think that's in the plans. I think that they're happy enough with the step that Joe Labus has taken and what they've seen from, from uh, Deacon Hill, um, you know, Kirk's. I don't know how many times Kirk has made the comment. He's he's bigger than I thought, and it's not in the <laughs> it's not in the tall way. I haven't had a quarterback that big. I think he's a little, you know, he's a little shaped a little bit more like me. You know, a little bigger, <laughs> a little bigger guy. Yeah, you know, nothing wrong. You know. with hey, Jared Lorenzen was or the 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 Pillsbury throw boy or whatever back in the day. You know, you could get well, an NIL like- deal. You get the two extremes there because you have Joe, who's kind of the quick mobile quarterback, not super big, but can move. Granted, you didn't get a chance to see it a ton in the Music City Bowl, but he has the ability if, you know, the plays are drawn up that way. My my guess is, you know, Deacon was up at Wisconsin. He may have been visiting Culver's a lot and having some, (laughs) some, uh, you know, but burgers and some uh, some cheese curds every day or something well that is a man after my own heart as somebody <laughs> I, knew who, would, I knew that would uh, warm your cockles there a little bit you know oh yes as somebody that i'm surprised <laughs> that the iowa city culvers does not know me on a first name basis <laughs> you know if we get deacon at some media availability i'm sure me and him will be able to bond over our love cheese of curds. cheese curds. Our, the love of cheese curds. Yes. yes. 
So great American delicacy. Yes. Everything at Culver's, the great American delicacy. Yes. But as much as I would love to talk about cheese curds and Culver's. (laughs) And and by the way, Culver's, if any franchisees are listening to this, feel free to sponsor this podcast. So as much as I'd love to talk about that all podcast long, defensively, you know, probably should talk about that side of the ball. So defensive line, there's been some injuries there on Noah Shannon, most notably as he's coming back after having a procedure. So he's in and openly both shoulders. Yeah. A tough time for shoulders. And Noah had been out since, let's see, going back, or I think he, no, he had the injury in the Iowa state game had been playing through it, yep. which really tells you about his pain tolerance there. So well, Logan was the same way. Logan was the same way. It was like almost all season where he was, his shoulder was, was bad. Uh, so both of them, Got their shoulders fixed, but they don't need to practice really. No, um, you know the guy that concerned me seeing who wasn't wasn't practicing was Y.A. Black, who seems to be habitually hurt in the spring or fall camp, um, and that's a guy that just unlimited potential. I think um, you know he's got kind of the Carl Davis starter kit, where he's a bigger D tackle um, that just has a ton of ability and I think he could play in the NFL, uh, but he's just got to be healthy and get the film out there and, and get the reps and, you know, get his pad level down a little bit. That's the big thing that KB always tells him to, to do. And, um, you know, if he can get those things put together, I mean, sky's the limit for that dude. Really sky's the limit. The few fractions that we have really gotten to see him consistently when he's been healthy, it's been impressive. You know, yeah. even looking back when he was young, he was making plays where it's like, oh, okay, that's a name to watch there. And, you know, this would have been a great opportunity with Noah and with Logan being out yep. for him to really just step in and get all those first team reps. So it'll be interesting. This will probably be one of the more interesting positions to watch just because it's been so deep that we're going to get a chance to see some of these other guys that we haven't seen much in games. Yeah. And I'll tell you that, that foursome with Shannon Lee black and graves is as good as it's going to be in the big tent. In my opinion. I mean, those are just, those are four players that, yeah, there's a lot of years where uh, Wyatt Black and and Aaron Graves are really solid starters. Graves is going to take a giant leap this year. Uh, And, you know, imagine if this group still had Lucas Van Ness. Jeez, Louise. I mean, (laughs) as it is, you know, I I thought getting Joe Evans back was huge for this group. Uh, It's a proven guy. Six and a half sacks, seven sacks. You can just kind of pencil that in for him. He's learned to become a three-down guy and, and be real effective. You know, when he first started, I forget that spring. Um, they were just that that spring where he, I think it was his redshirt freshman year, and they were just struggling. Uh, they didn't have uh, a lot of DNs, and they were just trying to find somebody that might have a little wiggle off the edge. It was doing kind of that their Raider package and they were trying to just find somebody that 
and you do that and you just walk on from from Ames High School that uh, just ends up showing him a little bit and then he kind of carves out that role and then he just keeps bulking up and figuring out how to how to play uh, three downs and and uh, you know I'd always ask Phil do you think he'd be a three down guy oh yeah 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 and sure enough now he's a, a three down guy um, you know they've just got. I look for Ethan Herkett to really take a jump. Uh, Max Llewellyn is a guy to watch. And obviously, uh, Dante Craig, uh, dynamite player, who's going to – I think he's got a chance to get double-figure sacks this year uh, just based on what he did last year in, in a limited role. I mean, yeah. he's, that's that guy's coming uh, like a freight train right now. And you look at it, and it's hard to explain how Deontay Craig was not an all-Big Ten honoree last year with the year that he had. And he did it with fewer snaps than other players because you had experienced guys like Joe Evans. You had what we assume will be a first-round pick with Lucas Van Ness. You know, I don't want to guarantee anything with the NFL draft considering how things can change quickly there, but for most likely will and absolutely should be a first round pick with Lucas Van Ness. So he Uh didn't get a ton of snaps compared to what he might've gotten in other years. And he produced, was it six, six and a half sacks, something like that. I don't have that number right in front of me, but really good numbers, despite not that many snaps. So he's another guy where, okay, now you give him the opportunities really. And he could take maybe even another jump really ahead. Oh yeah. That's why I think he's, he's double figure sack guy. Uh, I, I think, and and we're going to probably be having to ask him questions at the end of the year about, about uh, what he, what his future looks like. Uh, just because I think he's, he's ascending at a rapid rate. Um, you know, Herkett a little bit longer time a- after that knee issue. Um, so I, I think, we're going to see more from him. He's kind of in the John Wagner mold where that's super explosive, but just, he's just going to be there and he's going to fight you uh, every step of the way. I know they're really high on Max Llewellyn uh, and what he can do. I think that's, that's the guy that, that this year, everybody will be like, boy, Max Llewellyn, huh? Look at that guy. Uh, I, I think that's, that's his year this year. I, um, I know they still like uh, Chris Reams is a kid who's always kind of been in there. He's a senior, uh, good length. Maybe he gets into that that mix. Um, you know, D tackle is just hard to find more snaps with because, I mean, you look at like Ontario Thompson. I've heard really good things about him coming in as a, as a Juco from Iowa Western. And, and Jeremiah Pittman's still there, and he got – he got some run and I thought played pretty well, but those guys are probably like third team D tackles right now. And it gives you a luxury because you're going to be able to rotate in so many guys that come week 12. You're going to have a lot more, you know, fresh bodies there. So that helps a lot, but you kind of have to figure out like, okay, how are these guys all going to get snaps? I don't envy the defensive staff there. And it's a very good problem to have. I'm sure there's Great nobody inside the football facility complaining about this. But, 
you know, there are a lot of different guys who probably would be starters at other Big Ten programs who are going to be second team or maybe even third team this year on the defensive line. Yeah, and then you look at, like, linebacker, you've got that that bunch of guys that are, like, in that sophomore group uh, with Jaden Harrell and uh, Carson Shire and Zach Tweet, uh, guys like that. You've got, um, you know, Jay Higgins, obviously, is going to start this year. Um, I assume Nick Jackson from Virginia is going to come in and be the other starter there, but how much cash are you going to play? I think maybe more because um, Wisconsin is not going to be Wisconsin of old. No, they're not going to be. They're not going to be heavy fuel crew kind of guys. They're they're going to be more diverse on offense, and that's going to be a wild change because that was one of the three linebacker teams that you would see Iowa go up against, and and, and now. That's gone. It might be Minnesota, might be like, and and maybe some Illinois, uh, where you'd see more. But you're probably gonna see a lot more Sebastian Castro at uh, at, at at the cash. And, but you know, the, I know they're really high on like Kyler Fisher, uh, Shire. They're really high on. So, uh, but you're gonna play Jay Higgins and Nick Jackson. You don't bring Nick Jackson in uh, as a grad transfer like that with the production that he had all ACC player and think that he's going to sit, he's going to come in and be a automatic um, Cade McNamara level leader on that defense, but he just doesn't have as much time because he's got to graduate. Uh, So he's not on campus until June, but I I suspect he's going to by August, everybody's going to be looking at Nick Jackson as well. Yeah. You know, he is like the impossible job of replacing Jack Campbell. But you look at it, if you have to replace Jack Campbell, that's about as good as you can ask for in terms of production there. So I think it helps if, you know, you're mentioning kind of that sophomore group. If you have one guy at least that steps up in that group, I think that would give them a lot of really good depth. I'm curious, like, I think Carson Schrar could be that person. Um, I'm interested especially in seeing him um you were mentioning Kyler Fisher nice for him to kind of finally get that opportunity so you know he's somebody that's been around who's done a lot in special teams so the linebacking core is kind of question mark that you have a lot of reasons for optimism for but you just don't know what exactly it's gonna look like so I think it'll be interesting especially with Jackson not being there on Saturday yet. Well, at least not able to practice yet. I think that could be a really interesting thing in terms of seeing who could be maybe in that next tier. Yeah. Um, I think it's a really deep group. I think there's a lot of talent there. I just think we haven't seen it. I mean, and even the two deeps, you know, Kelby Tallender was what's listed in there. uh, Jackson Rexroth listed in there with that cash position um two interesting guys i mean uh, but if kelby tellender gets in there i mean that's just that's a story for the ages a former kids captain uh ends up playing at the university of iowa i mean that's uh tom rinaldi coming in with the 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 sad music behind it uh you know tears rolling down your eyes talking about that story i mean that's just we'll see if he can uh, i hope he makes it that'd be great story Oh, yeah. That was the first thing that I 
noticed on the spring two deeps was when I saw him on there, I was like, okay, this is me like a great feature story. If he really does end up contributing here, like I'll write it. Everyone's going to write that one. So yeah, that's a really cool thing to watch too. And then in the secondary, it's young, Um, Mm -hmm. but Young with reasons for optimism, I'd say. You have Jamari Harris coming back from an injury. He's been out for a year. That's always kind of a question mark in terms of how he comes back. But mm-hmm. then the other three most likely stars, Cooper DeGene, had as good of a year as you could physically <laughs> ask for. And then Food some. Does everything. Does yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. Like, and he's been doing this at cornerback, which hasn't even, you know, everyone was expecting. No. Yeah, everyone was expecting him to be a safety. And then he turns out to be one of the best cornerbacks in the Big Ten, if not the best. Yeah, I think he, Cooper is one of those guys. You could ask him to do just about anything, and I bet you he's good at it. He just He's just one of those people. I mean, you look at his basketball highlights in high school. I mean, he's just granted small school stuff, but still just dominant, dominant on track. He would dominate in just about everything. You know, one of the interesting things talking to to him is the relationship he's developed with Kate McNamara. They've become like just fast friends. And I think Kate's kind of focused on being around, you know, he he sees Cooper. uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if come August, September, there's a small little package for, for Cooper to Jean on the offensive side of the football. So just keep that, keep that in your back pocket. I think there's going to be something. I don't know what it'll be, but it, it's not going to be like he's going to be playing 20 snaps, but there might be, you know, five snaps a game where you see number three out there and playing a little offense, doing some things. So keep that in your back pocket. But getting Jamari back, I think, really helps because they needed – somebody to just solidify that other side of the field. Um, I really like what I saw from Xavier Wampa in the bowl game. He, and um, they're super high on Cohen Entringer, um, yeah. who's a safety prospect in that class. Um, he's going to help them. And Quinn Schulte, I thought, was terrific last year. I mean, I – I thought maybe they'd take a little bit of a step back after uh, Jack Kerner moves on, but but Schulte's really good uh, at that. He does exactly what Phil Parker wants from that position, and I think the younger guys like uh, like uh, T.J. Hall and uh, Deshaun Lee, um, those guys are are going to be coming along, uh, add some depth. Uh, I. I know they were really high on TJ Hall. I know he got roasted in the Nebraska game. He knows too. He knows too. He knows he got he got cooked on that play, but that's okay. He's he's going to bounce back from that. And um, yeah, they've got some some talent back there uh, in that in that secondary. So uh, I think uh, arrow pointing up for that group right now. But I wouldn't be surprised if they get in the market for uh, maybe a corner. Uh, in the the portal this this uh, during this next period too, where they try and add a little bit more depth there. Yeah, I think that would help because you have right now a lot of reliance on some of these young players 
like the TJ Hulls and the Deshaun Lees to really take that next step up. And if you do have kind of one more guy who's had some experience, that helps because injuries are going to happen. And yep. you don't want a situation like last year's Nebraska game. And of course, I think TJ Hall is being much more prepared for a circumstance like that in 2023 than in 2022. But still, you'd like to have a little more insurance there. So that'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, and that, that was just bad. You know, Cooper gets knocked out cold and, and then he's got to leave the game and you got to throw TJ out there and then eventually throw Jameson Hines out there. And it's and they, to Nebraska's credit, they picked on him. And yeah, it was it was effective. I mean, you give credit where credit is due, and and they did that. I should also mention uh, Devin Hilson has moved over there, and I, I really anxious to see um, him rise up a little bit playing safety. I, I think he's he's got some talent as well. And two with him, you look at the running back room, and I'm sure this was the same writing on the wall that I'm seeing now is what he saw last year was when you have Caleb Johnson, who we didn't yeah. really talk about the running backs because that's we didn't kind of, talk about those guys. That's kind of the position that like, okay, nobody's really that concerned about. Like, you know what you're going to get with Caleb Johnson. It's just a matter of, do you get the blocking? But when you have Caleb Johnson, when you have LaShawn Williams, when you have Jazzy and Patterson who showed flashes in the bowl game, yeah. You got some good depth there. So maybe the opportunity will be there at safety more so than it would have been at running back. So that'll be interesting. I'm sure it's a lot of learning this spring with that move over. But, you know, if he can learn fast, you know, maybe he works his way up onto the two deeps. We'll see. And one, of, one of the, you know, things we'll have to see is, um, you know, I was told, uh, I, I think it's out there that Eli Miller tore his. ACL, so he was their fullback. So you know, who is somebody transitioning over to fullback? One of those linebackers where it's a little crowded, they're gonna slide over there. Um, you know, because you know, I don't see them abandoning the fullback. Do they go to more of an H back with like uh, you know Eric All or uh, Lachey or or Estrenga as like a kind of a hybrid? Uh, thing I I don't know it's going to be interesting um, those are maybe questions we could pose to uh, the offensive coordinator uh, among other questions that we'll ask him on Thursday <laughs> there might be a few things there there's know. a there's a lot of things to ask uh, one Brian Ferentz this week this will be the first time we've talked to him since um, since the contract yeah 25 points per game to drive to 325. Drive to so, 325. Like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I don't think we're going to see wholesale schematic changes. No. So I wouldn't expect to hear him all of a sudden say, okay, this is going to become a spread offense. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. But there are things that he can do to get this offense, you know, to put them in a better position. And we'll see what he's working on among many other questions, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating press conference on Thursday. And and I'm and I'm genuinely, genuinely interested in seeing 
what we see from uh, the offense in general. Oh yeah, uh, just to just in general on the field and seeing Kate out there uh, and how much he does. I assume he's going to be full go. I know he has said that he was going to be pretty much full go. But the, again, for people going, it sounds like it's going to be more of a practice than it is a scrimmage. And there's a big difference between those two things. So uh, I, I think that might be by design, too, that they're just not wanting to expose Kate a whole lot and uh, trying to control things as much as they can control things. Yeah, the, you know, it's not going to be what you're seeing on TV with some of these other programs that have the, you know, various scoring methods for the offense or the defense, yeah. or the blue team and the white team. Yeah, no, that's not going to be, I would be awfully surprised if that's what we ended up seeing all of a sudden on Saturday. So, and special teams too, would be remiss to not mention that. Drew Stevens added a lot of weight. I think that's going to be interesting. His range could get really deep now he's bulked up more. Well, one thing Drew Stevens doesn't lack, confidence. <laughs> I wish I was as confident in my life as Drew Stevens is. He's a confident kid, and that takes you a long way at that position. I mean, he believes he can make 55, 60-yard kicks when needed, and, uh, and, and you know maybe he'll get those opportunities this year. Uh, to to do that but um yeah he added what about 20 pounds 15, yeah 20 pounds. he's like probably in the 15 ish he was saying from 180 yeah. to 185 area in the back in the season in the fall to now 197 as of yeah. last week when we talked to him so probably a good 15 pounds in there so yeah he's he's strong you know tory taylor back we know what he can do um they're going to keep Cooper DeGene at, at punt returner. And had he had enough uh, returns, he would have led the country in punt returns at 16 and a half. Um, so he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's really good. So, um, and I think they'll probably maybe keep Caleb Johnson at kickoff return. Maybe, I don't know. We'll see. A question um, for Olivar on Thursday. Yeah, I, I think he'll he's in the mix. Uh, so we'll we'll have to narrow that, that down. I know he was looking at some people, so we'll see what, what he brings up here. Yeah, certainly an interesting time for Iowa football. It is super interesting. Um, excited to talk to the coordinators and uh, super excited. Uh, although I wish the weather was going to be a little bit warmer on Saturday, but it's always good to be back in Kinnick uh, and, uh, and seeing some football. Yes. Well, Tom, thanks for joining me. Absolutely, John. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yes. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. Until next week, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.